Well, as the kids are leaving, uh, it is my privilege to share with you just a few things that are happening in and around the church this week and in the coming months. Um, We are working on our communication. And so when we say you can go online and see what's happening, um, we are working very hard to make that an actual reality. If you go to our website, newlifechurch.ca, and scroll all the way down to the bottom, there's an events um, events scrolly thing. And uh, we're working really hard to get things up there. So if you miss something or you hear about something this morning and you want more information, you can always go and check that out on the website, and hopefully we've got it up. So I do have three things for our three-ish things this morning. The first is Kids Camp. We've been talking about it a little bit, and today we want to talk about it a little more. Kids Camp is happening. This is our version of Vacation Bible School. It happens uh, five evenings throughout uh, a week. It's July 11th to 15th, and we're going to be opening registration for camp a little further down the road, but today we want to talk about how you can help us make this a reality. This is our chance to bring kids in, not just from our church, but from our community, and tell them about Jesus. Some of them have never heard about the love of Jesus, and so we want to make that a reality in their lives, and we need your help to make it happen. There's a lot of opportunities where you can serve, depending on what you like to do. Uh, There is uh, help needed in the kitchen, decorating, first aid, group leaders, hospitality, crafts, check-in, so many different things that you could help us with. So um, we have that, uh, newlifechurch.ca slash events. If you go to that page, you can find out exactly what areas are available for you to help out with, and you can let us know where you'd like to serve, and probably John will be in touch regarding that. So that's Kids Camp. The second three-ish thing I don't have a slide for, but I want to talk to you about our missions committee. We have a group of people that uh, work together with our leadership team to uh, vet the missions partners that we partner with, that we support in their ministries, both locally here in the Valley and globally around the world. And if that is something that kind of excites you, that you think I'd like to maybe be a part of that, of helping us find missions partners that support our mission and vision, that help do that around the world. Um, It meets just a few times a year, maybe six times a year that they meet, Um, but we're looking for some fresh faces for people that would like to be a part of that team. So if you would like to maybe hear a little bit more about that, you can reach out either to myself or to Pastor Scott, and we would be happy to connect you in with that group. And finally, for our three-ish things, I want to give you just a bit of a finance update. We are into the last quarter of our fiscal year, and we are receiving about 83% of our projected giving. Uh, We are staying ahead of expenses, but that's because we're keeping our expenses as low as we possibly can. Um, And so I just wanted to, I guess, give you a bit of a heads up on that. This is not ever meant to be a guilt trip. It's meant to be information. We recognize that our household cost of livings have skyrocketed this year, and our incomes haven't necessarily gone up with that. And so it's, it's not about... Yeah, this is not a guilt trip, but it is letting you know. Um, We as a church, just like hopefully all of you and your families, we as a church, we trust that God um, is going to be faithful in his promise to provide what we need. And perhaps we have what we need and we just have to reconfigure how we use it. And that's okay. But um, perhaps you're sitting here and didn't know that there was opportunities to give or or um, haven't been as affected as others and perhaps can give more and so we just wanted to make make this known to you we have a few different ways that we can receive your tithes there is a physical drop box out in the foyer next to the kids own check-in room through our church center app uh, if you don't know what that's about let me know and I'll help you get connected to it it's really to get easy to give through that and of course through your online banking as well 
And so, again, if you have any questions about that, you can come and talk to me, and I'll be happy to walk you through it. Um, and just before I close then, I, let's just take a moment and pray for our tithes and offerings this morning. God, we thank you that you are faithful, and you provide for the ministry here at New Life. Uh, you have provided ways for us to serve our community and, and walk out your kingdom. So, God, I pray that you would bless the tithes and offerings that we are receiving even this week. And um, would you give us wisdom in how we steward those gifts? And, Lord, would it all be for your glory? In Jesus' name, amen. Um, this morning, I'm going to uh, invite a couple to come up. Uh, most of you are familiar with them, and it's an opportunity just to hear what's happening in our life. Churches, not necessarily in crisis, but just some great tools of connecting better, some wonderful speakers, and uh, great helps that way. Uh-huh, and uh, we enjoyed the weekend getaway so much. We went 10 years ago, and we've been involved um, with my... Oh. Switch mics. Switch mics. We, can, we don't share well. <laughs> Just pass it back and forth. Okay. Oh, okay. We have All to right. share. We're not used to sharing uh, the, the microphone, but we're going to give it a try. We can do it. Okay. Now, what was I talking about, honey? Um, ten years ago. Yes. Yes. This is why when we speak, we both do it together, help <laughs> each other out. Um, yeah, we loved it so much. We, uh, we got involved uh, in different ways, and some of you guys have gone to that weekend getaway in Victoria. And it was, oh, that's a nice mic stand. No, I'm going to hold it. Oh, okay, because I might not give it back. Um, yeah, and, uh, and we wanted to know what else do they do, because they do a lot of different things. Uh, and actually, their mission is to bring help and hope to every marriage and family in Canada. So we thought they might need some help with that. So um, we, we entered into a conversation with them. And uh, so then we ex uh, accepted a position for here, the region of Vancouver Island. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> She gave it up. <laughs> um, yeah. So in this, uh, this last year really has been about, because you have to raise your support. Yes, that's right. And, so, yeah. And so you, you've been able to do that. And Greta, some time ago, you, you were able to start on part-time. That's right. And uh, then for you, Jay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we started in September, and we are so grateful. So grateful. We had a team that came around us yeah. uh, and helped st uh, start funding a new region here on Vancouver Island because we're, yeah, we're our missionaries okay. raising our support. So you're full-time, both of you yep. full-time. Full She's part-time, I'm, I'm uh, full-time. Ten hours. Um, what do you do? Like, yeah. what is your, what, what, do you, what do you do here? Yeah, so as the main mission is to bring help and hope to every family and marriage uh, in Canada, they asked us to focus on Vancouver Island. Uh, th and there is a lot of families and a lot of marriages that are needing more help and hope uh, nowadays. And so uh, one way we get to do that is through the weekend getaway, that we get to be speakers for that in Victoria. And uh, we love the weekend getaway. Another way is um, something called marriage mentoring. And marriage mentoring is between the stages of we do and we're done. Um, there's a lot of churches that are gaining vision for that middle part, uh, right in the middle there, where uh, families, uh, marriages want just to be strengthened more with where they're at. 
Um, another thing we'll be doing is partnering with churches all across the island, up and down the island. Churches that want to do, want to have some kind of a marriage ministry and parent ministry within their church. So partnering with them, offering resources and very practical tools to help them get started within their church. Um, and as Jay said, uh, speaking. So sometimes that could involve we go to the church and we do a date night with the church or we speak for a weekend. Maybe the church wants to do their own um, marriage retreats so we can speak for that and uh, do some parenting workshops as well. Yeah, we're also involved in the national strategies of, uh, across Canada, so developing resources, uh, maybe some speaking opportunities with weekend getaways in other provinces. And I just got to say, I love serving uh, with Greta, and uh, that is something that we get to do as part of our role, too, is we get to do a lot of different things together. Good. How can the New Life family engage with what you're, you're doing? What are, what are some opportunities there? Yeah. Uh, we have two, two very, very practical ways. The first one is to mark your calendars. If you are married, mark your calendars even now. Some of us need a lot of um, warning. In next February, 10th to the 12th, is a weekend getaway in Victoria again. Um, and you can go yourself, or maybe you know of a couple that you could send and sponsor to go, whether it's your kids or neighbors or somebody else, or even go together and support each other that way. Yeah, it's a great opportunity whether, you're, um, whether you go to church or you don't go to church. It's really, uh, really comfortable uh, that way. Um, and then the next one is if you are um, interested in learning more about marriage mentoring yourself, maybe you have a marriage, you've been married a few years, uh, to come alongside another couple in <clears throat> marriage mentoring. Yeah, there's so many uh, marriages that uh, maybe they're stuck. Maybe they uh, could benefit from being mentored from another couple a little bit further down the road in their marriage. Uh, they love Jesus. Um, they have a, a stable marriage. And there's, it, we call it marriage mentoring because really you come alongside a couple and it's a tool, it's a resource. It's not something extra. And uh, it's 12 conversations or 12 to 14 conversations over the course of a year. Conversations that usually don't happen between couples. Just life is quick. Life is, is, is busy. Um, and sometimes couples feel like they're the only ones going through this, um, that they feel alone. And when a couple a little bit further down the road comes alongside them, puts their arm around them, uh, and just encourages them, cheers them on, through conversations that we provide, um, questions that we provide, and, they're, and then the couple says, hey, I'm not alone in this. This is actually normal. Um, I'm going to be okay. And this is before a crisis. And so maybe there's a couple in your life, in this community, uh, family, um, that could benefit from, from some mentoring, some coming alongside and cheering on. So that's, a, that's one way to get involved. So another question is, if people want to connect with you, what are ways that they can connect with you? Do you have like uh, Kennedy. CA or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we, have a web, we have an email. Uh, okay. So jay at familylifecanada.com or greta at familylifecanada.com or just go to the website uh, and uh, come see us in the lobby. Um, we'd love to connect with you. For those that we don't know, we'd love to meet you for the first time. And those that we do know, we'd love to keep uh, developing uh, that relationship and getting to know you more. Super. And then my last uh, question is, how can people pray for you? What are, what are some ways that people can pray for you? 
Um, just really be praying for this island, praying for the marriages on the island, pray for the families. Um, and as we partner with churches all up and down the island, the, the island is a very big region. And so pray for us as we connect with those churches, connect with the families, encourage marriages, encourage parents all along the island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another way that you could pray um, is we're looking at expanding nationally and here regionally uh, more of our parent ministry. And so we're looking at what that could look like, uh, both online but also in person. And so we're just exploring that as a ministry, whether it's going to be parent mentoring or parent workshops or parent conferences. But we just find as we're working with more uh, marriages, that the parents, they, they say, we need help too. Can you help us in this area? And we, we just have such a heart for that. So please be praying. I hope you have a heart for that and a vision for that as well for the families and marriages here in the island. All right. Um, I want to pray for you before uh, you step off the stage. And so I'm, I'm glad you're able to be here and to share with us. And uh, it, this really, in, in some ways, you've been working towards being able to to be for you, Jay, to be able to have the finances to uh, to be full time, and you are, and uh, so I'm excited about what this brings. So let me pray for you, Lord. I thank you for for Jay and Greta for the passion they have for you first, Lord, and then with that they bring it into their desire to see strong and healthy marriages and families, their vision to see that up and down this island, Lord. We we pray that that will come to fruition, that you will open doors uh, for them as they move forward, Lord. You will inspire them uh, both individually and, uh, and both as a couple too, Lord. So we thank you for your provision for them on the financial front, Lord, that you'll continue to provide for them as they move forward. And, uh, and Lord, you would just keep their families, uh, their families safe, that you would, uh, you would cover them, Lord, with your protection that you will guard their heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, we just pray your blessing upon them, your blessing of your, your Shekinah glory, Lord, that, that peace that comes, uh, that they would be able to hold on to that, Lord, and then to be able to take that in to where they go, into the homes, into the families, into the speaking engagements, into the churches, Lord, and they would be able to bring that to this island here, uh, that you have blessed us to be on. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yes. Well, this morning uh, we are going to. Um, I think this is gonna. Okay. We are going to. Start a new series, or we're going to work our way through the books of First, Second, and Third John, and we're going to work our way through that uh, from now until summer, and I uh, to the end of summer. And I'm excited about that. I, as as John sits down to write these books. Uh, to the church. He's writing to the early church. This is probably some of the first writings that we have to the churches. And John is, is writing these to address a crisis that they are in. And, 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 uh, and as he does so, um, he does it with some good theological teaching in there uh, that I find encouraging. But what I also find encouraging is that is 
is that when I read through there and I, I understand that the church was struggling, I think, oh, we're not much different. I mean, the early church was struggling. We go through our struggles. We go through our crisis. And I think that we can identify with some stuff that is being spoken here. That's my goal and my, my desire is that we can identify with some, some of the things that is being spoken here. Um, and as John writes these books to the churches, he writes it and he, he, he gives these theological understandings of our assurance in Jesus, uh, which is important. In a world today that we live in that is really saying that uh, there is no God um, and we're being pushed, we're, God is being pushed out into the peripherals, it is good to be assured of our faith in Christ and that we have assurance of our salvation. He talks about uh, how we should understand fellowship, koinonia, and we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning, about koinonia. He talks about the atonement that we have in Christ and this whole aspect of Christology, the understanding of who Christ is. These are the things that we're going to dive into as we go through the books of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John uh, throughout the, the next few months. So today we, we, we currently face our own crisis as we are emerging out of, if we can say, out of COVID. Um, I don't know if we can really say that, but we're in this side of COVID. And, and it feels like we've gone through this crisis and, and, and even understanding who are we? Who are we as a church here at New Life? Who are we as a church overall? What does that look like? So that's what we're going to hopefully discover as we walk through this. Well, in September 23rd, 1962, uh, there was a cartoon that came onto the scene. This cartoon was depicting what a family would look like a hundred years in the future. I already hear some of you whispering what it is. The year of the cartoon was set in 2062. When I was born in 1966, I see you're doing the math. Um, when I was born in 1966, and I remember watching this cartoon some years later, uh, it seemed so far into the future, so far into the future. Um, but 19, 20, 2062 doesn't seem that far away now. Like, I could actually... I could actually be alive in 2062. That's crazy to think. So this year actually marks, uh, the cartoon was the Jetsons, and this year marks George Jetson's year that he would have been born. That's pretty cool. So the cartoon lasted only six months the first time. Six months. In 1985, they came back and they did 40 more episodes, 41 more episodes, and in 87, they did 10 more episodes. Now, here's the thing, is that when you watch the Jetsons and all of a sudden what's going to happen is YouTube's going to spike on the views of Jetsons now because you're going to go home and you're going to watch it. And, uh, but they depicted some things in the future. And I want to talk about 12 cool depictions, 12 cool things that they, they had thought was going to happen in the future. For first is video calls. I did one yesterday. I called somebody, and here we are FaceTiming, and they were in Enderby, and I was here on the island. Uh, robot vacuum. Who has a robot vacuum cleaner? Raise your hand if you got a... Okay, a few of you got one of those. Uh, that's great. Uh, a tablet. I'm using one this morning. Uh, a smartwatch. I got one of those. 
uh, drones, I would like one. <laughs> Talking alarm clocks, that happens. Digital newspapers, that's how I read my news these days, is a digital newspaper. 3D printing food. Yes, NASA prints food in the, uh, up in space. Pizza, I want one. Uh, the pill cam, uh, a camera that is so small that, it, that it's like a pill that it, that it can, it can uh, project to something else uh, what it's looking at. A jetpack. I mean, the, 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 the armies are using a jetpack. I want one too. Uh, flat screen TVs, most of us have one. And space travel, that is happening. Isn't that crazy that they depicted these things? There's something that we do desire about the future, about knowing the future, about seeing the future. And if we had only knew that the Jetsons were predicting these things, we would have bought more stock in Apple, wouldn't we have? But I think there's something about our longing for the future where we would, we would see that corruption is dealt with, evil deeds, misery, suffering, and injustice that we wouldn't have to experience it anymore. I long for that. I long for those things. And so as we look at 1 John and I... I want to read the first four verses, and this is where we're going to dive into it. It is talking about the future. It's talking about the future. So this is what it says. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Life appeared. We have seen it. We testify to it. We proclaim to you the coming age, eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and, the, and his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Fantastic verses that John writes at the beginning of 1 John. I'm going to start with verse 2, and then we'll come back to verse 1. And in verse 2, he says, the life has appeared. That has, uh, we have seen it. We have testified to it. We proclaim to you the coming age, eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to the Father. Eternal life. Some of you are sitting here and you think about that more than others here today. If you are in grade 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, if you're in college, if you are out of college, you are working, you're really probably not looking about eternal life. But if you've hit kind of those late 60s, into the 70s, and in your 80s, you actually begin to think about it more, don't you? You begin to plan more you begin to talk and you begin to make sure your will's in place. There's something about eternal eternity in which we look at. But I want to say to this, that when he talks about the coming age, eternal life, I don't believe he's talking about heaven directly. Although it, it is there, but it's something more. He's not talking about the fountain of youth. 
Eternal life is what we have today. It's what we have today. Because the coming age is Jesus Christ. When you look at the last part, it says, we proclaim the coming age, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Jesus is the coming age. He is the coming age. Maybe looking at this quote from N.T. Wright, he says this, the future has burst into the present even though the present wasn't ready for it. The word for the future was life. Life as it was meant to be. Life in the fullest. Vibrant meaning. A life which death tried to corrupt thwart and kill, but life which has overcome death itself and was now on offer to anyone who wanted to come and take it. Rest in that for a moment. A part of the future burst into the present. It's enormous. It's breathtaking. It has this tone of wonder and awe, and I think we should sit in it in reverence to, to, to think that eternity, eternity has birthed forth in the present. Jesus. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around it. But when I look at the life has appeared, the coming age. Andrew read this morning about the word was in the beginning. And the word was God and he was with God. That's eternity. So let's come back now to verse 1 and look at it and, 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 and see here it says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked at, gazed, it means, that our hands have touched, that we have proclaimed concerning the word of life. Eternity stepped into time. And, and John and the rest of the disciples, they, they were able to see with their own eyes. They give testimony. We saw Jesus, not only did we see him, we gazed upon him. What a beauty that would be to gaze upon Jesus in that way. They're saying that we touched him. Think, they touched life. They touched eternity. They heard him speak. And they knew him as a friend. They were friends with life. They were friends with eternity. They're giving us this testimony. I, uh, I've got this pocket watch here, and uh, it has a significant to me. Uh, my grandfather gave this pocket watch to me, and uh, it's a pocket watch. It's a railroad pocket watch. And you'll know it's a railroad pocket watch by a few distinctions. So you see, uh, there 
was a great accident that happened, and the railroads all got together, and they said, uh, listen, we need to make sure that everybody's using the right timepieces so they won't have any more accidents take place. And so there are a few things. One is the, 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 the typeset for the numbers. They all had to be the same typeset so that it was very clear. Another aspect of it is that if you can just kind of see on your right-hand side there, there is a lever that's flipped out. And the only way that you can turn, change the time is to take the cover off, flip out that lever, and then you can change the time. The other thing about it is on the, in the back, you'll, you can't really see it up there, but, but this here is a 21-joule pocket watch. And one of the distinctions is that it had to be at least 16 joules or more because it kept better time. And it wasn't so susceptible to the elements. So I've got this authentic watch from my grandfather. And the reason why I know that is, is not just because of the research, but my grandfather told me how he came to get this watch. He handed it to me and he says, I'll tell you this story about this pocket watch. He says, my uncle worked on the railroad. And I was, uh, uh, they didn't have any children, and I became kind of this adopted child for them. And I was, and, uh, and one day he was working on the railroad. It was winter time, and it was snowy, and ice had built up on, on, the, on one of the steps on the caboose. And as he stepped up onto the, the step of the caboose, he slipped and fell, fell backwards, hit his head, and he died. And his aunt, my great aunt, handed him the watch and said, here you go. Your uncle wanted you to have this. One day, I'm going to pass this watch on to one of my sons. I don't know how to do that. I don't know which one is going to get it. Um, might have to flip a coin or something. I can't divide the watch. But one day, one of them is going to get the watch, and I'm going to tell him this story. Now, I met my grandfather. They never met their grandfather. I met my grandfather. I spent time with him. I gazed into his eyes. I, I held his hands. We walked along. He talked to me. He shared stories with me. I know my grandfather. And my grandfather knew his uncle that I never knew my great uncle, but he did. And the story that goes along with it. Where am I going? Well, I come back to this. We have the word of God. John writes this and he says, listen, I have seen Jesus. I have touched Jesus. I have heard Jesus. And we are proclaiming this truth. And we have this in God's word. It's not something that we hope for. It's not something that we wish. It's not something that we go, well, I hope it's right. I hope that there's a Jesus. No, there is and will be and has been a Jesus. He died on the cross, and we are proclaiming that. We are proclaiming that. That is a good thing. That is the testimony that we have, that we engage with. He is eternal. Why does he want them to know this? Because when we come in contact with Jesus, just as John came in contact with Jesus, we should be transformed. We should be transformed. And so I have a question. Is your life being transformed by the future in the present? 
Is your life being transformed by Jesus? And if not, then it, the question is, is why not? What's stopping me from being transformed? What are you hanging on to that, that is stopping you from being transformed? We read in the Bible that, that there was religious leaders that weren't being transformed because they were holding on to tradition. They were holding on to religion. They weren't allowing Jesus to transform them. Are you hanging on to that? Are you hanging on to that? There was a rich young ruler who, who couldn't be transformed by Jesus because he was hanging on to what his future was and his wealth and what he could accomplish and what he wanted to be and his name and his power. Are you hanging on to that? I don't think that when we get to heaven that Jesus is going to pat us on the shoulder and say, well done, my good and faithful service. You had a good nest egg in, out here on this earth. Way to go for your bank account. Fantastic. Amen. I don't think he's going to say that. If he, if he says anything about the things that we have gained, it's that well done for using them for my glory. Well done for that, that bank account that I gave you, that you served me, that it didn't serve you. That you served me. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Maybe you're... you're, you're you're hanging on to something that reflects the self-image, the things about your life that you need to hang on to to make sure that people see you as being good and see you as being right and see you as, maybe you're hanging on to that. Maybe you're hanging on to, to some hurts and some pains because you're afraid that if people really know who you are and what you're about, that maybe they won't accept you and you refuse to go get help and counseling. See, Jesus came to transform us. We are transformed by his power, by the future, by eternity stepping into time. It's crazy. I am running out of time. My goodness. Okay, we proclaim to you what you have seen, what you have heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We have fellowship. He wants him to have fellowship. I want you to fellowship with eternity. I want you to have fellowship as we have fellowship. We have fellowship with the Father and the Son. It reminds me of Jesus' prayer. In John chapter 17. And here he prays first for the disciples and then he prays for us. He says, my prayer is not for them alone, the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us today, church. Jesus prayed, eternity prayed. You know what that means? That means that this prayer is eternal. It hasn't stopped. It's for us today. And then when I read through it, it's this that all of them may be one, Father, just as we are, or you are in me and I am in you. Fellowship. This is what John is talking about. He's bringing us back to this. May they also be in us, fellowship, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. 
Do you see the purpose? When we fellowship with Jesus and together we fellowship with Jesus, the world will know that he is who he says he is. I have given them the glory that you gave me, fellowship, that they may be one as we are one, fellowship, I in them and you in me, fellowship, so that they may be brought to complete unity, fellowship. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Oh, the world that we live in, the life that we live, John is wanting to draw them to say, listen, you're going through a crisis and it's easy to focus on the crisis. Come back and focus on Jesus. Focus on him. He is eternal. He is the one who restores, renews our lives. If I could call you to anything today, it's to stop and just ask yourself this. Lord Jesus, what is stopping me to being in fellowship with you? What is stopping me from being in fellowship with other people? Eternity stepped into time. What we see dimly now, one day we will see clearly. And I look forward to that day. But we can see today the coming age, eternal Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are here. And as John finishes off and he says, I've said all this so that our joy will be made complete. Lord, that we would be able to Shout from the rooftops that you are Lord. You are not dead. You are alive. You are here to transform us today. Lord, help us not to hold on to the things of this earth, but to release them so that we would find ourselves being in a place that that we can worship you. We can fellowship with you, in you, and together that, Lord, that we would find ourselves being salt in this world and light in this world, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, who has come. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.